I'm John from Washington, D.C. I'm Claire Zolke from Chicago, Illinois. The Sound of Young America is an independent production supported by listeners like me. If you'd like to support the show like I did, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. I'm Jesse Thorne, live on tape from my house in Los Angeles. It's The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org and PRI, Public Radio International. It's The Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests, the band The XX, released their first album uh, very early in their 20s last year. It was self-titled and... um, almost uh, universally acclaimed for its um, intimate, sparse, beautiful, uh, atmospheric sound. Here's a little bit of the lead single from that album, Basic Space. Like just ways to fly, easy to take. You could take me in for us, make me a deal. And they are peace, take it all, just stay up. I'll take you in pieces, we can take it all apart I've softened shipwrecks right from the start I've been underwater, breathing out and in I think I'm losing where you end and I begin Basic space, open Madley Croft, Oliver Sim, Jamie Smith, welcome to The Sound of Young America. It's great to have you. Thank you. Hi. Thank you. Uh, Romy, Oliver, you guys you guys met at the age of three. Did you go to uh, nursery school together? Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we, I guess we met when we were three. I don't remember it, but I, I think our, our parents, you know, must have met taking us just to nursery and then we sort of have... You know, spent more time together. We went to nursery school, primary school, secondary school, and college. So we've been together for a long time. Were you actually friends when you were younger, or was it the kind of thing where your um, your parents were friends and you were sort of forced together? Um, I mean, we have um, we have some progress books from from our nursery school, and they sort of they write about what we were doing. And apparently, all I did was hang out with Oliver, really, and so, yeah. <laughs> I think initially, though, at that age, your parents, yeah, are friends first, and they do force you together, but um, I think our parents made a good choice, because, yeah, we've been best friends ever since. Tell me about how you started playing music together. Um, It was kind of at an age, we were like 15, and um, we had started doing sort of uh, music classes at school. And it was at an age where we were really starting to fall in love with music. We were going to gigs and um, really kind of just, yeah, falling in love with it. And I think it was a kind of mind frame of why not try it ourselves? 
um, with no kind of real intention to even play it to anyone. And um, yeah, it, it kind of it just happened quite. It happened very slowly. Um, I, I think we were. Well, Jamie didn't really join until we were eighteen, but um, all three of us were kind of doing very kind of individual things uh, alone at home. And um, yeah, it kind of it took a while to kind of summon up the courage to kind of share it with one another. But um, yeah, it was just it was there was there was no big master plan behind it. Jamie, when did you start making music? Um, Well, I started learning instruments when I was quite young. Um, But it wasn't until I got into hip-hop that I wanted to start, uh, like, producing, making my own electronic music. Um, I guess I got into hip-hop because um, my first musical love was soul music, which my parents used to play to me. Uh, and then hip hop borrows a lot of samples from soul music, um, so it's easy to get into that. And I'd collected a lot of my parents' records, um, which I could sample for my own hip hop. What, what was the first piece of equipment, uh, Jamie, that you that you bought, or were, were you doing this in, in software? Um, no, it was I was recording just off um, turntables onto a tape recorder. <laughs> That's sort of a 1983 yeah. type of way to make a beat tape. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Romy and, um, Oliver, how did you first start playing together? Well, we started off doing quite, um, quite jokey covers, really. We were covering kind of Wham, um, and Pixies, and it was just a lot easier kind of not taking ourselves too seriously. Um, it was a lot kind of less painful, I guess. And, um, neither of us were willing to sing alone, so... Everything we did, we were singing together at the same time. Um, I, I kind of think through that we've gained the confidence, the confidence to sing alone. Uh, what was the first song that you wrote that uh, that either one of you wrote, or even song part that you presented to the other one as an original? Um, we um, we kind of wrote the first song together. It was a sort of a combination of both of us, it, which is Blood Red Moon, and it's on our MySpace, but. We didn't put it on the album. It's um It's the same recording. Yeah. It was it was um the the um I had, I got a multi tracker for my birthday and um it was just an eight track and um we used that and it sort of the, the sort of mood it captured on it when we when we were coming to make the album we just realised we couldn't recreate it and it, the the recording we had we just loved anyway, so we just left it. Um but that that was the first one. Here's that song by the XX. It's called Blood Red Moon. bit of Blood Red Moon by the XX. That song, by the way, not on their debut album, only available on their MySpace. When and how did uh, did Jamie become part of the group? Um, well, I uh, started making the um, backing beats for, for, for um, their live shows. 
um, but I was I didn't really want to go on stage, uh, <laughs> and I, I didn't think that they needed a live drummer. Um, uh, and then eventually I got a, a um, MPC for my nineteenth birthday, and I went along to a rehearsal, and then just kind of started playing along, and it seemed to work. An MPC is uh, a type of uh, sampling drum machine which has uh, sort of an array of uh, an array of pads on it. What is it you like about being able to use these uh, programmed drum sounds uh, relative to you know uh, uh, relative to to playing a kit? Um, well, initially it was because I didn't think that um, I was good enough to be um, original because there's so many live drummers in in bands that are better than me. Uh but basically I can I can just I can make a whole array of sounds rather than just one drum kit. We're not limited to just five five drums on stage and uh it's kind of, it's easier to carry around as well. <laughs> it's just it goes kind of far past percussion what you do. What I see kind of he plays a lot of the melodies. So um yeah, it's, it's kind of limitless what he does. Production of The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com and by Humber College, offering a two-year diploma program dedicated to comedy. Students learn stand-up, improv, acting, and writing skills and perform in the heart of Toronto. At Humber, we make funny people funnier. More information at humbercomedy.com. Hey, it's me, Jesse. Did you know that this year is the Sound of Young America's 10th anniversary? For 10 years, we've been skimming the sweet cream off the top of culture and sharing it with you. Help us celebrate by becoming a supporter of MaximumFun.org during our Maximum Fun Drive, May 13th through 28th. We'll see you then. It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests are the band The XX. Here's a song from their eponymous debut album. It's called Islands. guys signed a record contract when you were um 18 years old um just barely 18 years old um were you hesitant to make such uh to make such a huge commitment of your sort of lives and careers when you still had you know uh six or eight songs well we didn't actually sign our record contract until we'd finished the album um (laughs) 
which which was you know so we we when we started working with our record company it was very much on the basis of um of the fact that you know they were just helping us out and it was a very friendly relationship and it wasn't pressurized in time or in releasing a single or even talking of an album we worked with um, young turks for about a year just with them uh, giving us a place to rehearse and helping us get gigs before they even mentioned the fact that they'd like to make an album with us and so uh, in that time we wrote a lot of the songs under really no pressure and it and it felt very comfortable and natural and then eventually um we progressed into making the album and then yeah as it as it worked out we didn't actually sign anything until it was all finished so it did feel um it was very it was a lot less pressurized than it, it could maybe seem to have been uh, the sound of the album is so um I don't know, like the word that came to my mind was maybe modest. Um, it's, a, it's a very small, close uh, uh, record. It feels very intimate. Um, when did you recognize that um, it, it having that quality was important to you and was part of who you were relative to the, you know, the loud noises that you were enjoying making when you were, um, you know, practicing in the music room at 16 or 17? I, we didn't set out to kind of make particularly, um, I don't know, um, restrained, kind of held back, kind of, I suppose, quieter music. It And, and, and we, I don't think we even kind of realised until um, until it was brought up until, and, and we were complimented on it. And um, I, I think, yeah, it, it kind of... It, it was a very natural thing. A lot of the kind of the simplicity in the parts came from the fact that we were just learning to play our instruments. And um, me and Romy don't have particularly loud voices, so it wouldn't make sense to make this huge sound that we couldn't contend with vocally. So a lot of it kind of was happy accidents. But after it was kind of just brought up by people like Young Turks, it kind of soon became something that we consciously tried to do. And... Um, we were becoming better musicians and it was becoming now a possibility to overcomplicate the, the songs. We had the capabilities and um, yeah, it just became a case of having some restraint. So, um, yeah, but it, it definitely wasn't what we planned for in the beginning. Uh, you, you guys recorded with some uh, really well-known producers while you were working on this record, including um, uh, the the very well known uh, sort of dance uh, hip hop etc producer uh, Diplo. And I read that you I read that you uh, worked with Diplo for a week uh, while uh, Carnival was going on and had the urge to add um, steel drums to everything that you were recording. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> it was an amazing environment to work. At. Like the our record label is right in the heart of Notting Hill, so um, we would. Yeah, we would kind of work and then go out on a lunch break into Carnival. in And um, there, there was just so much kind of like those street parties going on with huge kind of speakers. And I think the big thing that we wanted to take from it was sub-bass. We kind of fell in love with it and um, came back into the studio and wanted to drench all of our songs in sub-bass. But um, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun working. How hard was it when you've recorded with somebody like him, somebody who has a, a huge name in the uh, world of indie rock and, and dance music, um, to say, 
gosh, you know, remember when we recorded some with that famous guy? Let's put that on the shelf because uh, we're going to do, you know, we're going to do the stuff that's produced by us. Um, I think it just, I don't know if we ever really thought about it in the way of him. You know, we, we've definitely are fans of, of what he's done and, and appreciated it. And I just think even though he is well-known and, um, and very well-respected, and it was a really big opportunity for us. We realised that you know the music that we make and the music um, we sort of just loved the way it already sounded. And I think working with these producers, um, it sort of made us realise in, in quite a roundabout way that we already had the sound that we wanted, and that um, maybe it didn't need another sort of another producer or another person's input to it. And um, I mean, I guess it, maybe it was a risk not to go, go with someone more well known, but. At the time, it really did. It felt very natural that we were just to just continue doing our own thing. You have um, such a, a specific sound as a band, um, and like I said, it's sort of a whispering in your ear sound. You, you even described your um, uh, your singing as uh, your your music as being quiet enough so that your singing could be heard over it. Um, how do you um how do you maintain that sonic quality when you're playing for um thousands and thousands of people as you i mean you guys have been playing you guys have either played or are scheduled to play pretty much every huge music festival of 2009 and 2010 um how do you preserve that playing live it's a lot harder kind of putting across the kind of the subtleties on the album and you do have to be you do have to exaggerate things and you do have to kind of, yeah, accentuate certain things to be a bit more blatant. But, um, so we've kind of, we've filled out a lot of the songs in certain ways. And, um, so, so, so like they, they've been extended or in a way that maybe didn't work so well on record. Or, oh wait, Rami's shaking her head. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, I, I wouldn't say that we filled them out especially because I still think you know they are just the sort of the, the elements that they are on the album but we've definitely made extended endings to things and um you know we've we've kind of we've stayed true to the to the album but the, the songs have developed through playing them live every day we've sort of met you know tried to keep it interesting for ourselves and for people watching as well um but, yeah, I, I don't know if they're more filled out. And um, we've kind of now, we're, we're quite happy with the sounds we're making. Now we've been a bit more aware of the kind of visual side to playing and um, playing live and just being a bit, a bit more aware of putting on a performance. So we put a lot of thought into kind of stage production and lighting. And, um, yes, so there is that kind of, that whole other side to playing live that we hadn't actually thought about before that we've now... Sort of started working on so um yeah this is going to be our first proper round of big festivals so we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes Romy Oliver Jamie thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Sound of Young America it was really great to have you thank, thank you. you cheers thank you Romy Madleycroft Oliver Sim and Jamie Smith are the band The XX their self-titled album is uh, available right now mm-hmm. 
That's our time for another Sound of Young America program. I've been your host, Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. The show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our music is provided to us by Dan Wally. The show is edited by Nick White. Our intern is Julia Smith. You can email me at jesse, J-E-S-S-E, at MaximumFund.org. And you can visit us online at MaximumFund.org, where you will find all of our shows downloadable for free, as well as links to our free podcasts, including not just The Sound of Young America, but also our comedy shows like the Casper Hauser Comedy Podcast and Jordan Jesse Go. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can. I'm at Young American, like The Sound of Young America, Young American. And I guess that's about all we have to say for this week. We'll see you next time right here on The Sound of Young America. <laughs>